Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. This is a podcast where three friends talk about movies, discuss them and try and rate them in an order from best to worst. And you join us on a very snowy, cold evening in the middle of our Western animation season. Tonight I'm joined with Aaron. Hello. And Ant. Hey dude. I'm 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 quite surprised. That was just an immediately in. I didn't know Johnny had that, did you, Aaron? That he could he could immediately switch it on, just go for it straight away. You know what I want to know though is where's the panache, Johnny? You know <laughs> sorry, that? sorry. Then, <clears throat> let me go again. Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. There we go. That's it. That's that panache that we needed. Also, sorry, I'll I'll swap that out. There was a weird thing as well. Like you were like, oh, and tonight we're joined by, or it felt like. You know, we're not normally the regulars here, but it's only ever us three. We're your only friends, Johnny. Well, usually tonight I'm joined by no one. (laughs) So so it's nice to be joined by you two guys. It's, um, it's, it's, it's snowy in, in where you guys are. Uh, Oh yeah, smash it, smash it down. I've got, oh, it's um, rain here. Like three, three to four inches of snow here. Oh, flip! Get yeah. me back to the hub. So we haven't we haven't recorded since Christmas, have we? Because we, we we recorded at Christmas, and we had a little bit of a break for a few weeks. Everyone been busy, and then we come back. How how have your Christmases been? Um, actually, you know, like very, very nice. Like I saw family members who I had not seen in a long time. I may or may not have broken the rules. <laughs> Um, what but a dick. Yeah, yeah. And on Christmas Day, we may or may not have seen John and Abby. I don't, I don't know. You were allowed to see people on Christmas Day, weren't you? Yeah, well, I think you were allowed to see one, uh, <laughs> six, one household. Six people. Oh, so, uh, all right, so uh, on Christmas Day, we saw one household. Um, the other days, though, well, we won't talk about those. Um, but yeah, it was good. I had a, a lovely Christmas. Well, yeah, it was pretty chilled out. Like I saw my family for. I think um, it was about eight or nine hours on Christmas Day and then came home. So it would have been nice to have seen them for a bit longer. Um, it's been a pretty rubbish year, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Did a lot of walking. I think I walked about 120 miles over the two weeks of being off. That's insane, that. So, yeah. no, you're not allowed to walk now, are you? Well, you have to walk around your house, doesn't it? Yeah, I think within a five-mile radius, so there's still... You know, we're on the edge of the Peak District here, so can um uh, you gotta watch out, <laughs> please t- tailing you around if you carrying coffee cups you uh, get told you on a picnic. Yeah, and did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean uh, it was good to have a bit of a break. I finished work quite early in December, so had a bit of a break, although I ended up just doing DIY around the house, to be honest. <laughs> so it wasn't really much of a break. When I was doing DIY, I like did my back in, and then like Mel got ill, I got ill, and I was ill over Christmas. Like it wasn't COVID, but I had to get tested for COVID, obviously, because my family were coming up, and mum and my brother. So the day I think it was two days before Christmas Day, I was stood outside, like a some sort of building in town. It was pouring down with rain. It was freezing cold. Cold. I was sat in a, a, a the queue on the website, it said it was my 15-minute queue. I was there for like an hour and a half. Oh, my And it was word. just horrendous. And I didn't feel ill. And I felt slightly ill going in. 
Um, and I thought I should get tested because Annabelle had a bit of a cold as well, my daughter. Uh, but but by the time I got out of the queue and done, got been tested and stuff and got home, I definitely felt ill. I felt I was like froze to the bone. You know, I just wanted to get in and get in a bath and warm up. But yeah, but yeah. Apart from that, it was a good Christmas. I watched a lot of TV and film and played a lot of cyberpunk, which was actually pretty good. I know it's been slated a little bit for bugs and all that sort of stuff, but it was actually quite fun to play. And uh, yeah, yeah, just had a bit of a. And it wasn't super easy Christmas because we were both ill, but apart from that, it was uh, it was nice and chilled. Yeah, I I've also been playing a, a little computer game. Oh yeah, Aaron, what have you been playing? Yeah, I I've been playing Sackboy. Oh, is there anyone in this podcast who helped make that game? I wonder. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, well, for the listeners, I was playing the computer game that Ant has been um, giving his blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> over for the past yeah. number of years, not just year, years. Um, and I just want to encourage everyone, if you've got a PS4 or a PS5, to go play it. It's really good. And I'm not saying that because he's my mate, because if it was crap, I would, I would tell him it was crap. I would do it in a polite way, but I actually genuinely, <laughs> genuinely loved playing this game. It was, I don't know, it was like really, really nice to have something so, so full of like fun. Because obviously, uh, I'll not go into too much detail, but Christmas for me was because I worked for most of it, and it was pr- it was tough. It was like one of the toughest Christmases I think I've experienced um, in a long, long time. But um, Sackboy was like a really nice palate cleanser <laughs> so uh, did you work yeah, up to seeing your family well. huh? did you work right up to like seeing your family oh yeah 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 gosh um i worked christmas eve uh i finished at six o'clock and then went and hung out with my family and then i was back in again on the sunday wow um nice yeah, it was crazy. It was it was crazy. I mean, obviously, a lot of it's everyone's gone through a tough time. COVID's made like everything really difficult. So I don't want to be like, you know, oh, what was me? Oh, but, me, yeah. But everyone gets affected by it, so it's you know, it's, it's, a bit it's tough. fair enough to be. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not being easy here, is it? And uh, especially what's going on over in the states as well. It's like, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been... That's the, Maybe we should. Maybe we should just <laughs> like about, keep it light. <laughs> uh, so, no, but to be fair though, like what's been beautiful about this sort of big period of time is like I think one of you said you've got like fifteen films or something. Like got, we're not. I've got ten films and TV. We said I'm not going to talk about all of them in detail. Obviously, ten, but like that—that's crazy for me. Like before that, I was struggling to get like two or three <laughs> before this, this 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 Christmas. But yeah, it's wow. been a been a good break. Shall we move on to what you, have you been watching then? Let's yeah. go for it. Aaron, hit us with something. Um, okay, well, I only really want to talk about one thing, but if I'm going to list the things that I've been watching, and if any of you guys, you know, want to ask me questions about it, go right ahead. So I watched a film on Netflix called The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is about the protests that happened in chicago during um the period when nixon took over Mm. and basically what happened is these these protests went along in chicago people um like riots kind of broke out i think some people died but essentially the 
previous uh, government said that these seven guys didn't do anything wrong and then Nixon came in and then basically retrialed them and find uh, them all guilty. This is the one with Sasha Barrett Cohen, isn't it? Yeah, it's the one with Sasha Barrett Cohen. Um, yeah. It's very good. I would recommend you... I would recommend that is film. It a film? Yeah. Yes, oh, film, film, yeah. yeah. I, I also thought it was a TV series. I put it on thinking, oh, this is going to be a TV series. It's like, it's like a three-parter. And it was like, oh, no, it's like a two-hour-long film. I was like, well, I've got nothing better to do. Um, Heather and I also watched Ocean's 8, which was pretty good. Um, got a lot of, like, stick because it, I don't know. I can't remember at the time. I'd, it was so long ago, but we just wanted to watch, like, a lighthearted, easy film. So Ocean's 8, the all-lady version of Female Ocean's cast. Eleven. Is, how is yeah, that? Yeah, how yeah. is it? I, I don't. I have no idea what's going on with that film because I d- didn't see any of it. Is it like a remake with women, or is it like it's in the same universe? As, it's the same universe. Like, oh right, okay. And there's characters story. that are directly related ah, to okay to the oceans. Like I love Fender Bullock. So I mean, is she? Is she the main? She's the main. Yeah, she's the main gal. one. She's right, okay. top, top, top. It's really good. I, I, it was very lighthearted, very fun. Don't t- you know? Take it with a pinch of salt. Is it? Is it like? Okay, this is gonna sound like. Would Would Mel like it? Is it because she like really likes like for example miscongeniality and stuff like that? We're oh yeah. Obviously. Is oh, it yeah. It's in the sort of same vein. Obviously, it's oh, not yeah. comedy, but like. No, no, no. Miscongeniality vibes all the way. Yeah. Okay, top. I might, I might yeah, have to look, look into that. That might be a good one to watch. Um, yeah. we watched the time. I've seen it before, but Heather hadn't seen it. That's the um the one about the crime gang, who robbed banks in. Boston. Oh, um, yeah. Is it directed by Ben Affleck, I think? It is, yeah. Yes. Ben Affleck. Yeah. And stars Ben Affleck as well. Um, I watched Clueless. Again, for the millionth wow, time. you're just like flying through these, aren't you? Well, these are all films that like, you should, well, I mean, one of them was like thought-provoking, but the rest of them are just like quite easy just to watch. Watches, yeah. uh, and then the last one, and the one I want to talk about um, is a film called Tiger Tail. Tiger on Netflix. Tail. I've not heard of that one. Tiger Tail. Um, it's and there's basically, so much stuff on Netflix. It's crazy. Tiger Tail. It's a film by Alan Yang. He wrote it. Do you know? Do you know? Recognize the name? Oh, he's done some some comedy stuff, hasn't he? He's pretty master some of none. Stuff. He's yeah, master, master of none, of none guy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it star it stars. Tiz Tizai Ma, um, he's like quite a famous um, Asian actor. I bet it's, it's basically like a, a, it's like a small indie film. Um, sort of basically this like old man who basically starts like looking back on his life and the things like that brought him to where he is now, and like basically him and his daughter are quite similar. But their their relationship is really rocky. So like the way that he sort of rebuilds that bridge is by talking to her about his past. Um, it's got like really really indie vibes. It's very very serious, quite emotional. It's really good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a mixture between like sort of uh, Taiwanese and English, I guess, because it's based in Taiwan and also America. Heather and I sort of had like a deep conversation after it about how like our parents and how like marriage sort of was different for them than it is for us and like how I think you know a lot of people when they were younger like in previous generations probably got married because that was the thing to do and also like there was I don't know there was it's I think they probably married less for like obviously 
the couples love each other, but they married less for love and more for like, you know, stability and yeah, yeah. Um, and you know how we were talking about how fortunate we are, where where we're able to just find someone, fall in love with them, and then be able to sort of just spend the rest of our lives with them. And I'm not saying like those couples didn't fall in love or didn't weren't able to do that. What I'm saying is just it seems like a lot more people back then when they got yeah. married were just married for different reasons. So it, it was a good conversation to have, I think. Can I just congratulate you, Aaron, on bringing a bunch of films to the movie quest instead of TV shows? Uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I thought you'd work like on that. that. It's good. Oh, there's one more, one more, one more film we watched. Heather and I watched a a Christmas film on Christmas Day. Obviously, because that's like what you've got to do, right? We watched The Holiday. Oh, that I've watched that not over Christmas, but I watched it fairly recently, surprisingly. But yeah, you know what? Good film. I really like it. Hans Zimmer, right? Top, top bloke, nails it. I, I don't know, like, I think this is just my personal opinion on the score, but the score is elevated to make it seem like it's almost like he's bringing comedy through the score. Like, he's, like, making a joke of the situation. Sometimes, you know, when things are very, like, romanticized and, like, sort of cliche and cheesy, like, the score is, like, slapping it on top of and just layering it up. It was really good. I, no way Hans Zimmer does the same tune for the yes, holiday. Yes, that's right. Hans Zimmer does the score to the holiday. Is mate. And Jack Black? great great What's choice the holiday is that it's it is like a big part of it is isn't it about like um because in jack black like he makes mm-hmm. music for films and it's a big yeah. part of it is about the hollywood and the music and sort of the 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 uh she makes she's like a, she cuts she edits trailers doesn't she for films, yeah yeah which is like part of the, the story dialogue, part of the character i remember watching this yeah fairly recently with mel and quite enjoying it it's one of those like classic sort of rom-coms but like yeah, yeah. Has yeah. has ridiculous stereotypes about Britain and stuff, but also kind of charming in some ways as well. Just because it's sort of so unrealistic, but kind of fun. Um, yeah, I, I like that film. It's an easy vibe, watch. Proper vibed yeah. off it. Proper vibed. I had. Yeah. I think she thought that I was going to hit it, but like when this the music started, this the I was like, "Oh, this is good." Yeah, yeah. I never seen it before. Ah, good. I mean, like all the actors in there are all great actors, and they're all like yeah. really easy to watch, yeah. aren't they? Like Kate Winslet, yeah. Jack Black, Jude Law. Cameron Diaz, like they're all like good, easy watches. Like, yeah, can't go wrong, really. It's top, it's pretty funny. Um, and that that is, I mean, I've watched TV. Like Star Trek's finished, Mandalorian's finished, The Expanse has started again, which is, oh, you know, a lot of good sci-fi TV programs for people to watch. Um, I think there's talks of maybe doing a Mandalorian special. Sure, what, between now and Christmas next year. Yeah. Oh, like a one-off no, episode? No, no, us, no, us. Oh, us, us doing, doing a Mandalorian uh, a special. I was like, gosh, like, Aaron's <laughs> oh got gosh. a scoop here. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Lewis knows. He told me. No, um... Yeah, we, I'd, I'd be up for doing a Mandalorian special. It'd be good to, like... I know Lewis is a big Star Wars fan. It might be good to get him on and, like, pick his brain or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know what, fun. actually? Because he's got some really interesting theories about, about it. Um, I won't take that away from him because he, he sent me some stuff to do with the Mandalorian and my brain was like whoa can we, can, that can is I, information can I, can I just mention what I've been watching this Christmas yes um, so w- one of the things I've been watching is the Mandalorian so I was sort Wee. of I was sort of like I mean like, oh, since the last Star Wars films came out I was sort of just like okay I'm done with Star Wars I didn't bother watching 
solo or whatever. Um, I was just sort of like, I, I just sort of got annoyed about the way that they were treating the the, the story and the just the vibe of the style. I know it just, just didn't. I just didn't enjoy the films. Like it's fair enough if people like them, fine. But I just didn't. I didn't enjoy them. And you made it known. And <laughs> uh, it's known. Uh, I uh, I I watched the first two episodes of Mandalorian when it first came out. I just couldn't really get into it. I don't know. It just felt quite. I don't know, it just didn't get me for some reason. I was just a bit slow and I just didn't really enjoy it too much. I left it there and then I've heard over the last two years everyone go on and on and on about how good the Mandalorian is and this, that and the other. And you know when like some people tell you something's so good and you just sort of like, no, I'm not going to watch it. Ugh. You know, I want to hate it because people love it. Um, but then I finally was like, right, I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to sit down put it on and just force himself to watch it. So I, I watched basically the, I watched the two seasons, two, both seasons over Christmas in like a few weeks. And, uh, and I pretty much loved it. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a few episodes that stand out for me, like the, um, the sand people and the dragon one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sand yeah, dragon. Like season two, anything. season two. That, that was great. <clears throat> that was a great episode. Uh, the one that really got me was the the, the first um, jail, uh, the the one with the prison ship where they break yeah the prison ship where they got to break out the prisoner and you got Bill Burr and you've got uh, Natalia I can't remember the second name uh, but yeah they 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 got like the little crew of of like criminals together and did almost like a bit of a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of thing going on and uh, yeah that was a great episode really got me over there and just like how badass the like Mandalorian was and he was taking on the robots and stuff it was just like really well choreographed and he just looked so good um, yeah it sort of hooked me and since yeah I went through the whole both seasons loved it I can't, I'm not going to add much to it I guess the only thing I mean can we spoil stuff are we able to spoil things well, that happen I, in later seasons I mean it, if we're going to do a special we should yeah I guess so Yeah, we yeah. should talk about it and we can do because yeah. then we can just spoil away because yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. there's certain things in that TV program that's it's worth keeping yeah. secret mm-hmm. for the people I had something spoiled for me which I was kind of a bit sad about because I feel like if I would have seen that naturally I think it would have been a bit more impactful but um, yeah it's really good and I think the fav- my favourite thing out of it out of the whole show is the music the music oh, is yeah. so flipping good like it's just like I don't understand. I mean, I saw I read online afterwards that people, a lot of people, didn't like the music, which I think is crazy. Mm. Like it's just so like its own thing, and it's just like beautiful. He's getting um, the north the variety of uh, Hans Zimmer, because um, he because Hans Zimmer was going to direct Tenant and he wasn't available, so uh, I forget his n- name. What's the composer's name who's done the music for Mandalorian? Gun, Gun, Gunder, Gunderson, or Gun, Gunderwan, or yeah, he's the guy who does um all the childish Gambino stuff. Um, he's he did Black Panther, Ludwig Göransson. Uh, yeah, yes, Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so good, like the combination of like pan pipes and like really technical glitchy stuff. It's just great. Yeah. So so after I watched that, I just was like, I need more of this. I need to watch more of this. And one of the things that I sad about usually with Netflix and streaming and stuff is if I really like a film or a series, like you can you you watch on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, you get to watch the commentary, you get to watch the behind the scenes and all that stuff that comes with it. And usually Netflix, you don't get any of that. But thankfully, 
on Disney Plus they had the making of of the Mandalorian, the Disney Gallery, where it's called. Um, so I watched the entirety of that, which is brilliant as well. It goes into some of the tech they use, all you know the the the, the story, right? Uh, how they like come up with the story, the director, uh, how they had like multiple directors for each episode, and uh, yeah, that was really good. Again, if you like Mandalorian, definitely watch that. It's like ten episodes, and they're like thirty minutes each. It's quite a lot of content there. Really, really good. I mean, I've got tons of stuff we can talk about. Um, other things. But the main ones I want to mention is I watched Knives Out. That was a very good film. Yeah, great like, film. I, great film. It, it was on Amazon Prime, if you want to watch it. Um, I, it was one of those that I really wanted to watch when it first came out, but never got a chance. And, um, like, it's fairly... It's not, like, going to blow your mind and it's not going to completely keep you guessing or anything. Like, I, I pretty much guess what's going to happen within five minutes of the film or whatever. But it was quite clever in some of the reveals and um, very well shot and very well put together. And obviously, with the Star Wars connection, it was directed by Ryan Johnson, who directed um, the second Star Wars film. I think it Which was, you it? hated. Which I absolutely despised. But then Looper was really good, so I knew that he could do good stuff. Um, so that's really good. I don't want to go into too much detail for these because I've got so many. But Knives Out, very good, worth watching. Yeah, recommend <coughs> that too. Daniel Craig is... Oh, he's top. His, his accent, oh, he's top. <laughs> it's top. Made me happy. And it's the main act, the main actress in it, who was in Blade Runner, um, what's her face? Let me find out. Uh, Anna de Anna de Armas. Um, Anna de Armas. Yeah, she. I feel like he's going to be a bigger. She's going to be a star. In a, I mean, she's pretty much. She's fairly big now, but I think she's going to be a bigger star in the future. She's just got that quality of. Um, of actress that you, I think is just going to like continue to to do good things. Um, I'm going to quick try and reach through these because we've got very much time. <laughs> um, I watched Soul. I don't know if uh, you guys yeah. Watched Soul. Oh yeah, Soul. we I watched Soul. I watched Soul. I can't believe. Yeah, we can talk about Soul um, if you want. I watched Soul in an interesting way. Watching it with a uh, two and a half year old, which means you watch it in about five segments. <laughs> um, I really, it was very good. I enjoyed it, but didn't blow me my socks off compared to other Pixar films. But it was very, very good, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed a lot of it. And maybe it's because I, I watched it broken up that maybe I would have watched it in one go. It would have impacted me more. But um, it felt very. It felt like a almost like a spiritual successor to Inside Out. It felt very. It shared a lot of the same um, vibes as Inside Out, and it had this like real world versus ethereal plane world and and the character yeah i i've really it was very good i, I liked um again the direction that they went with it with you know focusing on the, on music and uh this this guy's life and um definitely felt like they were aiming for a little bit more of an older audience mm, yeah. less than i could it didn't feel very kids uh orientated i mean i think kids could still watch it but definitely compared to some of the other films we've done it felt a bit more grown up um, especially some of the some of the topics they were talking about, like you know, what they didn't go into too much, but it was they did they, they sort of uh, right. touched on a few dark areas. Um, but yeah, what what did you guys think of it? Music was awesome. Like yeah, because um, it's all based around a jazz musician um, who feels like he's never really reached his full potential. And just the music throughout the whole film is just absolutely awesome. It's like, do you know who did the music? 
Because I'll tell, I, Trent Reznor did the music. Uh, really? That's really? What, you know yes. what? He's, he's like just kind of. I think Top I feel tier. like now he should be more known for what his soundtracks than he is for. Uh, Nine for, Oh, come on. Nine Inch Nails are. I can, no, uh, but like the amount. He's like <laughs> prolific now with his soundtracks, isn't he? He's done yeah. so many good, like. Gone Girl. Like, um, yeah. Go with the Dragon the Social Tattoo. Network. Go with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, very like, Just. Yeah. And this, this, I would never expected that to be his, <laughs> to be the composer for this film. I knew straight away as soon as those like synths came in. You know when they got to like the Jerry's and the Terry's, I was like, oh yeah, this sounds really familiar. And then like, saw so it was Trent, and I was like, yep, obviously Trent. Um, I'm getting better. You know what? Right, we should do this thing. You know, instead of guessing actors and actresses, no, you should just no, get me no. to guess the composers because <laughs> I, I guessed Hans Zimmer and I, I guessed guessed Trent. So. Uh, no, I I really vibed off it. Like I, I thought, like oh, John Baptiste did the, the the jazz songs. Yeah, just That's yeah. A little cool. side plug: Song Exploder is now on Netflix. And yes, it is. They have Ooh. done some. They've done Hurt from by Nine Inch Nails. Um, so I guess that'd be a pretty good watch. I'd recommend. Just for people yeah. don't know, that's a podcast about where they go into very detailed uh, analysis of of, of of certain songs. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, but yeah. they've uh, Netflix is. Um, is it like a document? It's like a documentary series, sort of. Yeah, they've going to each... got like uh, four or five episodes a, a season um, on different songs, but it's just videoed oh. rather than on podcast. Rich Case Sherway, which I f- think is one of Rich Case the best names. This is a great, great podcast. Like, I've been listening to it for years, and I know Johnny has. In fact, I think most of you got everyone that's where I've delved I have, in. I haven't listened to it. I will. It's one of those things of like I've heard about it and wanted to listen, but I've got currently got about fifty four podcasts on my podcast app, so making room now is getting a bit tired. I went to a black metal uh, gig off the back of listening to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like just pick the pick the artists that you like or are interested in listening to. You don't need to listen to like the other ones unless you really really want to, but it's a it's a good one to sort of delve in and delve out. Um, but I, I, I really vibed off Soul. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, the animation was like astoundingly beautiful at points. Like the realism in the mm. in the world was insane. Like just flipping nuts. The music was amazing. I, I really, really like. I think. I think. So I guess maybe like I have a deeper connection with it because it's based around musicians and obviously Johnny as well like and every sort of creative person will go through this obviously and because you create you work in a creative industry and you and you create all the time um you maybe don't experience this but you might maybe you do maybe you do um but like for me who works in retail like I had that moment where I had to like go oh the skills that I have trained in my entire life and the thing that i love i will not be using every day in a way that i think i should and it's like how do you deal with that and i think every sort of person who who isn't able to or isn't as fortunate to be able to do that um on a regular basis um probably hits that wall or some at some point um and i really vibed off that and i think people that who are experiencing that at the moment or are in a career well just anything really but like it's a good one it'll, re- it'll resonate 
I think. I, I was surprised to see Graham Norton in this. He when was I heard hot. it, I was like, is that, is that Graham Norton? Really? It's great. It's like, it worked really well. Like, he was actually pretty good, like, pretty good voice actor. I mean, I guess he does radio and stuff, doesn't he? But, the, I, the, I, yeah. I was surprised. The Jerry's were It was top. quite surprising. Obviously, yeah, I heard the Richard Ayoade, and also I heard him in Mandalorian, very close to that as well, as one of the robots. And I was just like, I was like, is he, is he a voice actor in everything? And he has a very distinctive voice as well. So I wonder in America how well known he is because like over here, straight away it was like, oh, it's Richard Ayoade. Like straight away. Um, yeah, I, I, it was a good film. Visually beautiful, very well directed and stuff. Um, I just don't know if it holds up necessarily to me, for me compared to some of the classics. I kind of want them to go back to some, some a bit more, I don't know, like... Um, maybe, maybe it's one of those things of like because I, I just hold the old films in such a reverence, like it's hard to for new ones to get a you know get a look in. Um, but I just think about like Wally and Up and and like Toy Story and stuff like I'm just like oh that's so good. I think there's like definitely more of an agenda in these last two films where it's trying to hit a certain age bracket and go and try and help them understand particular feelings and emotions whereas previous ones are just like this is going to be a fun story um well maybe not well like toy stories kind of kind of yeah it's trying to take on something a bit more yeah a bit larger there is yeah it? it definitely made me miss going to the cinema part of it as well. yeah. it's like like this is a pixar film and what i should be watching this at the cinema with like i don't know i mean i should, should be giving it sort of the yeah i should be giving it the time and space to like properly sit and watch it and maybe i should have done at home or whatever i, I, mean, I have the ability to but it's one of those things of <laughs> put it on put it on with annabelle and annabelle's just like after like five, 10 minutes i don't like this i want to watch something else. <laughs> i want to watch simon I like, okay yeah watch simon anyway um yeah so yeah very good i'll, I'll quickly try and i've got a couple of bits just to mention um over over christmas i watched david copperfield with mel just because nice. it was on Amazon Prime and I, I love that film. And what's odd is that I know that film no back to front now from the music. Yeah. So as I was watching it, I was like recognizing all the tracks and I was like, oh, that's where that fits in with the film. I've only watched the film once. Um, I still absolutely adored it and laughed at it the whole way through and loved everything of it, everything of part of it. I think I even loved it more now because I love the music so much. Um, Mel wasn't bothered really. She didn't really like it that much. She just was like, "Yeah, I don't really, not didn't really do anything for me." She's fine, um, but I still adored it. Um, and then the last few things uh, they've been doing this thing. I don't. You guys probably aren't too aware. I'm guessing because you don't have kids. Um, have you guys seen like each year? BBC are bringing out a new like Julie Donaldson short story, like animated film or animated little um short based on a book so uh so she does she's the writer for she does like a gruffalo child uh, gruffalo's child um snail in the whale uh zog yeah all the yeah, yeah. ones like so like they're like a big hit in our house like we love all the books um and each year they bring out a new animated short based on one of the books so this year was Zog and the Flying Doctors, which came out, which was pretty good. Like, yeah, like it wasn't. I, I, I watched. I watched it. It was pr- pretty good. Like, 
I'm sure we'll watch it a bunch more times this year and we really enjoy it. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, if you've got kids and want to watch good little animated short stories, they're like 25 minutes, they're brilliant. And, you know, we watch one every other day pretty much when we're having like, when we're having our pudding or whatever, Mel, uh, Annabelle will put one, one will watch like the Highway Rat or whatever. But also, uh, the so Channel 4, I've been trying to get into this action of like, let's try and release something around Christmas to talk, you know, sort of like the snowman or someone's dog and a little bit of a Christmas sort of um, special sort of thing. And this year they chose a, a book from Quentin Blake uh, called Clown. I don't know if you guys have ever read Clown. I, s- I saw um, the adverts for it, but I didn't watch it. I'd never heard of it either until I had a kid. Um, but basically Clown is like, a Quentin Blake film, uh, sorry, Quentin Blake uh, book, which is there's no dialogue in it, there's no like narration or anything. You just gotta make up the story. You gotta tell the story as you see it. It's quite 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 cool, but um, it's narrated by Helen Bonacarta, and um, yeah, they did they did it this year. They did like a special this year where they did like an animated version of it, and it's it's really good. They they sort of made it into a Christmas style version of it which sort of works, um, mostly works. And like, if you've got kids, it's you know really beautiful and well done. And it's I'm glad they're doing it, to be honest, because it's, like, it's quite fun because we read all these different books with Annabelle and seeing one come to life. And like, we've read it like, you know, 100 times before. is really nice. Um, and the newer one that came out last year, which is by, by Channel 4, well, I don't know who the actual production company was, but Channel 4 um, uh, displayed it was Tiger Who Came For Tea, which I don't know if you guys have read that book. Um, again, brilliant children's story, absolutely fantastic. And this is probably the standout one for me of animation and storytelling, and there's like a little musical number in it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. And it's really I actually good. Recommend, I'd actually recommend you guys watch it as well if you I've seen it. Time. Um, yeah, it's just beautifully done and... Sounds great and just yeah, it's really funny it's and just I loved it yeah so those yeah they're great little uh I, I, it's quite nice to look forward to something at Christmas like because it's like one of those things because I record it off the TV like we get to watch it throughout the year as well and it's like oh, another one to add to the list and it's just yeah it's really really nice so to second that like my nephews they really because I asked why I watched it I watched it when I was at uh, over home like um hanging out with my nephews and. They they put it on and it, it, I was like oh I read this as a kid like this is top and it's great it's really funny and I don't yeah. know yeah it's very um very nostalgic for people who've already read them but like the animation's great like just everything that you said yeah it's top really good we watched it like three or four times that day because it just were proper vibing off it like we loved it <laughs> yeah it's good and the last thing I'll, I mentioned sorry I know I've mentioned like so much today and I'll probably cut some of this anyway but um. We, I've heard some good stuff about a TV show called Ted Lasso. Uh, that's on Apple Apple Plus. Um, so it's a it's a like the quick synopsis is it's a uh it's a TV a comedy TV show about an American football coach who comes over to England to be the manager of a Premiership fake Premiership team. Um, I didn't know anything about football. It's about, it's like a, it's sort of like, it's, it, it reminds me a little bit of like Scrubs in some ways or like, it's it's like, it's a comedy, 
and it has some it has like some some elements in reality but it's also just sort of a bit like silly and doesn't really make any sense and isn't really logical or whatever i i both hate it re- really hate it and also quite like it as well at the same time <laughs> that's good, that's which is weird <laughs> like parts of it i'm just cringing at and it's so like it's so polished and cheesy and just american and I, oh it's just like ugh, it's horrible but then also in parts it's really funny and and parts of it work really well and it has the actress from um lost transmissions in it she's one of the main actresses in it um that we watched at the uh the manchester film festival uh and it, i don't think it has really any big name stars that i can tell you um but it's probably worth watch it's getting a lot of really good r- ratings and it is quite funny i was laughing at quite a lot of it but also I hate it. So yeah, I mean, I would love for you guys to watch it and give give me your takes on it because Melby likes it. Because I mean, the guy Ted Lasso, he's like he's a bit like one of those characters that is always a super positive, and you sort of root for him, even like even though he's a bit dopey or whatever. But you always sort of like yeah, you want him to do well. Um. So yeah, it's one. Of the, it's yeah, it's good. It's a good. It's a good little TV show. I kind of hate it. <laughs> but I also kind of like it, so I'd love to. I'd, I'd love, I would love for you guys to watch it and uh, give me your opinions on it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's about like football, obviously loosely, loosely, loosely about football. Like I think I'm. It has. It's. You've piqued my interest, and you've piqued it. Yeah, it's weird. They go like, they go like, away on the away match to Everton and stuff. On. What? It's just weird. Like. Like it reminds me of. Do you remember that? Is it Dream Team, the the TV show in the like oh, the early two thousands? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, reminds yeah. like Harchester United, I think it was. It reminds me a little bit of that, but it's a comedy. It's just, it's quite odd. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are on it, Aaron. You can get a free trial on Apple Plus. That's what I was going to do. Done. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Afterwards, I kind of was like, really wanting to watch proper sports tv show like friday night lights or something so if you have any suggestions or any like other film i've already watched the whole lot but if you have any other sports tv show uh, suggestions let me know but i feel like i've taken up a massive amount of time i'm probably boring everyone so i'm gonna shut up now <laughs> all right so all right, i'll I'm do d- my films that i've been watching yes so over christmas i've watched benjamin button yeah. Again. Okay. I've watched Average. David Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good film. I quite like it. It's uh, well. It's yeah. like if you like um, Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump and all those type of films, you'll probably like it. And the Notebook. I guess it's a bit like the Notebook. Um, no, I, you, you know the Shawshank pull is, I guess. You know, it was like Shawshank, but not as good as Shawshank. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry, I've sorry. also seen Home Alone 1 and 2 which you know everyone's seen Home Alone oh, 1 and 2 absolutely I, watched, I watched the second excellent. one over Christmas saw the saw the Mr. D himself but and uh, what I'd like rather than actually talking about Home Alone because everyone's seen Home Alone I did it with the uh, Disney screen share um, like the family watch oh. uh, which is pretty good cool. so what it does is it syncs 
if you've got a Disney Plus account, it syncs up to six people um, on that Disney Plus account. So it's playing at exactly the same time on everyone's. So there's no, it's not like five That's seconds cool. out either way. That's it's cool. Prop- so, so everyone has the same login. So, so, so they're almost they're almost encouraging people to share the login mm, details. Kind of, you can. I think. That's interesting. I think you can it? get three people logging in at the same time, and then you can get another three off another login. Oh, can you like f- add a friend or whatever? Yeah, I think it, you can do it in threes. So, yeah. but you can only have six within the party. Um, when you're right. in the party, the only thing you can do is pause it. So when you pause it, it pauses for everyone. Uh, and then you can put emojis on there. So you know, you know where you, oh, <laughs> you know okay. where you select like your user profile, and it'll be like Annabelle yeah. or Aaron and Heather, or whatever. You can like put a smiley face when something's happening. Did you watch this over Zoom? Uh, so you could hear each other. So chat we, we were watching it at Disney Plus. So we were like Chromecasting it to the TV, and then we had Zoom on, so we could like like talk as we were watching it. And it did, did was it what was it like? Because like, I. I I can imagine it just because when I hear that I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea, but also, you know, you might as well watch it on your own. But like, is it? Does it? I mean, obviously, you get to watch it with your friends, and that is nice. But like, I think it feel you... like I was a bit kind of like, oh, this will be a bit <laughs> crappy, but it was quite nice because you're kind of booking it in with people, and you're saying we're going to watch this. Like yeah. you meet up like half an hour before you you spend half an hour kind of just like making sure everyone's got it ready. You have a bit of a catch up with the people you're watching it with. You watch the film. You don't really talk too much through the film. Um, and then after just kind of just chat about it and it's nice. It's, it's, you know, it's obviously not going to be the cinema experience, but you know, something different rather than playing games with people or just doing a, yeah, a bloody a quiz. zoom quiz. I really <laughs> don't, <laughs> I mean, don't like zoom quizzes. But it's quite nice. Uh, the Netflix one works well um, as well. Oh, it's a Netflix one. I, know, I thought it was just no, it's a Netflix one, and that that seems to work okay. And um, yeah, there's a way of doing it through YouTube as well, where you can sync up several different YouTubes and mm. and stuff. So for people who are wanting just something different to do with people, but not to have to actually instigate a quiz or something like that it's it's nice so yeah that was good um i've also seen terminator for the first time which was pretty sweet Wait, what? i've seen terminator 2 like what? five times but i've never what? no um, i've never seen terminator what? 1 the whole it's like, way it's like it's like a completely different style of movie isn't it it's like almost like alien versus aliens in terms of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the feel of it yeah totally yeah. like it's more of a horror film if i remember rightly, <clears throat> isn't it yeah well a thriller because in in two, like Arnie's like the good guy. Trying to work out that Arnie isn't the good guy in this one is was a bit kind of like odd because you kind of like it's it's been reversed and it doesn't really explain that. Obviously, <laughs> if you if you're going back to watch the first one first, but yeah, it's pretty good. But I did a lot of research on what's he called James Cameron. He had five wives, five wives, two of which were in that film. <laughs> So he <laughs> he married uh, the main actress from Terminator, Linda Hamilton. Hamilton. And he absolutely. also married the writer of the book of the Terminator. Yeah. He married someone from Titanic. Um, yeah, he's married most... Did he mar- marry the old lady <laughs> with the heart? I think it's kind of like a, a fairly Whoops. minor character, but yeah, he's... Um, 
Yeah, he's he's married to quite a few people. But anyway, I've also seen uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's recently come on Netflix. Good. Pretty good. Yeah, great. Um, top top two. I've watched Ready Player One. I haven't seen that yet. It's always been always been like a sort of a interest of mine because it's like, what's going on with this? Why is there so many different characters from all the different games? It looks like VR chat the movie or something. It, kind of interested in watching it, but. Uh, also, because Steven Spielberg, I'm like, yeah. Eh, well, uh, Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg. So I know, but I feel like his later stuff isn't yeah. great. But, yeah. But it was okay. Like, didn't like massively enjoy it. I know when John was talking about it like years ago, he said that the book was way better. And even the um, you've heard the band Gunship. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They do a music video, and he said the music vi- John John vibes off oh, Gunship. Yeah, Class, really? yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. the vocals are on the touch of being in tune, but that's just the style, isn't it? Yeah, their music video for the Ready Player One um, song that they did, was, he said, was way better. But there is a quite large... Are you going to watch this film, Ant? I don't want to spoil it for you if you are. It's real boring Probably. and real bad, so, like, I'll don't. Ju- I'll, just, I'll just mute myself a sec. Go on. Oh, really? Uh, oh, well, well, there's, a re- like, it was nice to go back to The Shining. Um, oh, that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah any yeah, film yeah. that goes back to The Shining, even, like, um, <laughs> what's it called? I said, <laughs> like, you'll take it, even if it's just a small. Yeah. yeah. I just like anything I, that just kind of throws back to that, because I'm just like, oh, yeah, there's, like, I like that. So, I'll, to be fair, it is like a centerpiece to the film as well. Like they pull, they pull, like they make a big point of saying like they, the, the writer makes a big point of saying that like they like The Shining and it's, you know, it's a big thing. But for me, like the whole thing was just like, especially even the book. Like I, when I first read it, I was like, yeah, you know, I vibed off that. And now, like years later, I'm kind of like, oh, it just feels like he's like, and I like Blade Runner, <laughs> yeah. and I like Michael Jackson, and I like this, and oh, Is everything from the like, 80s, all of it, everything. Yeah, sort of like the South Park thing of the member berries sort of thing of, oh, remember this thing? Remember that thing? And it's yeah. just like, that's all it is, just referencing stuff, yeah. That's it. So, and it's like, okay, cool, like, we get it, you love the 80s, big deal. And then they obviously try to make it more, like... You know, because obviously they add stuff from computer games. They try to make it more modern, and they're like, "Teresa from Overwatch is in this," and it's like, "Okay, good, yeah." I mean, for kids, maybe they might vibe off that. But as someone who's like, I don't know, like when you're going down for a nostalgia trip, like I'd much rather watch the animated version of the Tiger that came to tea, and mm-hmm. have like a nostalgia trip that way rather than just being like, "Yeah," and there's like. Terminators in this or whatever. And the I don't Master know. Chief's in it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched this film and like, yeah, the Master Chief's in it, and Tristan from Overwatch is in it, and Sonic's in it, and like, yeah, it was dead good. Well, if you want to talk about nostalgia, <laughs> the last film we're going to talk about is Bumblebee, the new Transformers film. Oh, mm. there is thirty songs. Well, probably even more than thirty songs from the eighties in that. Th- that soundtrack yep. for Bumblebee is insane. Like it's great. It's great, yeah. isn't it? Like every every two or three minutes, oh, there's I'm a so new happy song like it. that they just cram into there. And so happy you like yeah. it. And yeah, no, it's like a really good child, kid friendly yeah. action film. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think as well, like obviously it's good that you've watched P- Ready Player One because obviously that is also trying to do a similar sort of thing where it's like nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Bumblebee does it in a soft, subtle way by just making the characters be involved in those things naturally. And it feels really good to watch. And like, is Bumblebee a sta- Can you watch that without knowing anything yeah, about yeah, the Transformers? Yeah, the story's self contained. Whether there's something else that happens after it, who knows? But um, yeah, it kind of explains as to why Bumblebee is on planet Earth. I, I think as well, like, because I was so not into the original Transformers films, and I was quite interested in Transformers growing up like when I was younger because I used to get up early in the morning and watch it on TV. Like, it's nice that I was able to watch Bumblebee and just totally vibe yeah. off it. That seemed... Mate, and do, 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 do you know who the director is? Of Travis Bumblebee Knight. Is? Bumblebee is. Aaron, he's like... It's, it's just, I mean, there's a reason why you must like it. He, he directed Paranorman, Box Trolls, <laughs> yeah, Cuban yeah. Two Strings, Coraline. He did all those sort of... Um, well, the studio name is, but all the all those animated films. So it's not surprising that because I mean you seem to like a lot of those already. Yeah, I do yeah. I was like now that you've said it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I see what. Yeah, definitely. That's why I vibed off it. I obviously vibe off their films. So yeah, I'd recommend that. I think you'd like it. Ant. I'll add it to the list. It, uh, um, I always look for something that me and Mel can both enjoy together. It seems like yeah, Sarah liked like it as well. She yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and the title song at the end is sung by the main act- actress um what's she called oh, i didn't know that uh which I, Hayley yeah Stainfield. that's the one anyway so i think that wraps up what we've we been watching uh and that is the end of this week's episode <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah, much boom. extensive uh we're now three hours into the podcast so oh. so let's dive into the triplets of belleville So, have either of you guys seen this before? I mentioned it. Never. No. Have you heard of it at all? Or yes, I'd heard of it. I've not seen it. I'd heard of it. I'd not heard of it. I'd only reason why I'd ever heard of this. Say, I guess it's that same director or the same company, is because you mentioned Illusionist. Yeah. I haven't watched that either, but um, I knew it was French. That's about, about it. it. <laughs> I didn't know much else. So about it. it was directed in 2003. It's a 12-rated film. It's an hour and 20 minutes. The budget was nine and a half million dollars, and it's directed by uh, Sylvain Chomet. I think that's how it's pronounced. And as you mentioned, he's also uh, known for The Illusionist. He doesn't have that many films to his list. Um, one of the most recent things he's done is he did, um, you know, the, in The Simpsons where, like, all the characters sit on the sofa and something different happens. He did um, yeah. He did one of those, um, I think it was in 2014, where he did it in the style of the triplets. But really, he's not done too much besides those two films. He's done one or two short animations prior to triplets but i was quite surprised he's you know his his directorial sort of catalog is pretty slim 
the triplets of Belleville, I'll give a very short, well, a bit of a synopsis, just so any listeners, because I'm sure most of the people who are listening to this have probably not seen it. So it's set in France. It's an animated <laughs> film. And the story goes, Madame Souza, an elderly woman, instills in her grandson, Champion, who she acts as his guardian, a love of cycling. As a young man, he becomes a dedicated road racer with his grandmother as his trainer. During a mountainous leg of the Tour de France, in which Champion is racing, he goes missing. Evidence points to him being kidnapped. Indeed, he and two of his competitors were kidnapped, and the kidnappers who want to use the threesome's unique skills for unscrupulous purposes. With Champion's overweight and faithful pet dog Bruno at her side, Madame Souza goes looking for Champion. So it's basically a crime drama. We need to find our son or grandson kind of vibe to the story. What did you think of the art style? Because it's... Like, the two films we've watched so far have been quite different to this, fairly sleek <laughs> and modern and fresh-looking. I, I both really enjoyed how distinct it was and how odd and eccentric it was, but also found it completely disgusting and, and grotesque in many places. And there's so many times when I was watching it with Mel and we were just like, had to look away because it was so just, just, just like, ugh, it just felt disgusted and ugh, just got, kind of made me skin. Made me Is there anything in particular that stood out? Oh, when he was, when, when he was after his cycle, I mean, just him cycling, he's like some sort of weird zombie creature or whatever. He's just such an odd character. And then afterwards... He's like lying down on the table, and, he, and, the, and the grandma's like vacuuming his legs. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's so disgusting. Oh, and the noise it makes and stuff is like. He's like a creepy. horse, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They make a lot of. They have a lot of horse sound effects, don't they, around the character? Yeah. Um, sort of treat him like a, he's some sort of thoroughbred horse. Is there anything there. you didn't like, Aaron? No, I, the, about no, the film no, or just about the animation, the animation like. Like so, I I, I just want to say this now that the Illusionist loved that film, loved the way it's animated, um, and it's weird because the Illusionist I find obviously has the same same sort of like kind of it's like what Ant was saying. It's a bit like kind of dirty and a bit bleak and a bit like ugh, makes you kind of feel a bit, ugh. but it does it still has like a sort of class about it. Like it makes Glasgow, sorry no, uh, Edinburgh seem almost beautiful in a way you know whereas this felt quite jarring a lot of the time like mm. the animation was quite vile mm. it, at parts not not always just uh, you know so, so, sometimes it was it was fine but like i feel like he was really trying to make a point with the animation um because obviously there was a lot of like connections to or maybe jokes about like the way people look or yeah, like, I feel this like is a lot a of like social commentaries on yeah, the, yeah that's on it sort of class and sort of like society and stuff yeah, it's quite um, caricaturish, if um, yeah. if you call it that. Almost felt like a almost felt like a spitting image style sort of thing in terms of like just really looking for like I don't know really gross like unnerving style or whatever. Um, I mean, just like every character had, 
Like every character was to the extreme of themselves. So, for example, the the one that I really liked, I quite quite remember laugh quite a lot, was the uh, the French waiter. Oh yeah, who like... literally was bent over backwards, like, and so he's so like, like he was so far. I don't know, po- I don't know how you call it, like posh or like up, up himself. Like he was literally bent in a, in a, around him, like on on his side or whatever. It was kind of, it was kind of. Something I've never seen before. It was just everything was taken to the extreme. Yeah. I think, like, mm. one of the things that kind of stood out to me was, like, anyone who was sort of wealthy or well-off was, like, like massively overweight. And then all the people who were, like, maybe less wealthy or downtrodden were, like, really skinny. Something else that sort of stood out was it was sort of a little bit like, well, something that I read. It kind of looked a little bit like Dali painting. Um, yeah. like some of the ways that things have been contorted and stretched and things weren't quite as they would usually look like really tall ships and you know like the city of Belleville as well like all the really tall buildings kind of sprouting out like a bunch of flowers there was nothing like a quirk to it um, it helped going into this film that I'd seen The Illusionist because like it allowed me to see, because obviously the triplets came out before the illusionist. It allowed me to see like the thought process of how he got from this to that, and like what he sort of like shaved off to be able to create the illusionist later on in terms of like animation. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, for me, I went in no- knowing nothing about this filmmaker, nothing about the film. I didn't know what to expect at all. The opening sequence is a music video kind of like a performance from like in this world it's like i guess 50 years ago or whatever it's like an old-timey sort of um sort of performance and it was straight away i was just like what is this film like i just was so like it was all very like very old school like betty boop sort of stuff but i was just like I wasn't expecting this at all. I was like, is this the film? And then, and then it obviously goes into the mm. forwards in time. And I feel like for me, the first 40 minutes, 45 minutes was just me trying to figure out where I was and get my, get my sort of, my, what's it, my sort of figure out the boundaries of where it's going to go and what it was. And then after I realized what kind of film it was, I think it was probably once, cause the, to me, like the, it reminded me a little bit of like, um, what are the f- cartoons on Cat Network and stuff that were so disgusting and like, it's the dog and the cat one. What was it called? Cat and dog. dog. Is it ca- cat dog. Was it cat and dog? I can't remember. That right, one and like you... and like cowardly dog and yeah, courage. Um, all those sort of ones. Don't be don't be dissing on my courage. It reminded me of that. Animated really well. But, but like, I feel like the f- yeah the first like forty minutes, I was trying to figure out what it was, and then. I think it was the dog that really sold it to me. Yeah, it was like yeah, the dog definitely. at the start was really creepy. Like the way it like moved around, it was like almost like half dead at the time or whatever. It was like out of breath constantly and barking at the the, the trains or whatever. Um, but then once she once she made it into a wheel, she like attached some sweets to it onto to the dog to the wheel, and then the the dog was biting the wheel, and it turned into a like she was able to use that as a wheel to drive the van. I sort of got where the ca- I sort of got how absurdist the, the 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 film was, and just sort of like, oh, this is this is I not know. something to take necessarily seriously at all, and also like there's quite a bit of humour in it as well, but also like part a massive part of the film for me 
felt like a silent movie as well. It was all done without a lot of it was done without dialogue, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was quite interesting to watch. Like to just be sparse amounts. It was just literally just music and um, sound effects and stuff. And there was the yeah, because it's a French film. You expect was. there to be well, you expect there to be more French audio, but there's probably only a few dozen lines of um, mm. of uh, dialogue in the whole film. Um, a lot of it's all through kind of animation and gestures and setting up the scenes. So, yeah, the first probably 30 minutes up until they get to the actual Tour de France part is quite bleak and dark and slow. And I think, like, when it came into that bit where it's the Tour de France, like, the film really popped out to me. It, like, made that look even brighter and more vibrant and colourful after having the sort of bleak, dreary, slow start to the film. It's almost like the nightmare version of like Up, you know, Up. It like sets up the story and stuff. It has like a really charming two characters, and you sort of watch them grow old or whatever. And you see this sort of story set out, or is this is like some sort of nightmare hellscape version? <laughs> where you're just like, it's just like, oh, they're in this house, and then the city grows around them. But then like they put this train track literally pushing the house over and. It's sort of, it almost reminded me a little bit of like, I mean, maybe this was a thing in the early 2000s. Remember like, was it Monkey Dust? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, an animated <laughs> TV show. What's that? Do you remember Monkey Dust? It was like nah, a BBC animated remember, show. Yeah. And it was really grim and dark and just like, like it was probably darker than this to be honest, but it wasn't like, I think uh, it was more tonally darker and story-wise and stuff. But uh, like, yeah, it just sort of reminds me of like, I don't know what was going on in the early 2000s, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty interesting because, like, at this time when, it, when this came out, I think Shrek had just come out and, like, uh, I guess Toy Story a few years before that. And, like, it's, like, completely the antithesis, antithesis whatever the word is, of, of those sort of films. Do you know, I think it just felt, like, extremely European. Like, it's, like, such a European move to be like, yeah, Toy Story and Shrek's come out, but let's just completely go, like, the other end of the scale. Like, it's felt very... We're going to be arty yeah. and out there. Because didn't it do, like... I can't remember, but I remember when it came out, roughly, or, like, when people sort of talked about it, and, like, people, like, properly, like, vibed off it. Like, they were like, oh, this is a beautiful, like, art house piece of cinema. Yeah, that, it's pretty fresh. I mean, like, the only things that would have been around that time for sort of adult animation would have been like the Ghibli type stuff. I don't think there was that much adult orientated animation from around that time that that springs to my mind really. So this was something, you know, not meant for, for kids. I was going to say, can I say that I, I feel like, uh, obviously we've talked about Spider-Verse and the Spider-Verse in this, in this series in the past. I've got a feeling Whoever came up with the character design for um, Kingpin in Spider Verse <laughs> oh, had, yeah. had watched this film because as soon as I saw that, to all the bodyguards—I mean, you haven't seen the film, I'm sure—like, but basically, all the bodyguards of all the hit, all the gangsters, or whatever, basically like mini versions of Kingpin were all like super square. They almost felt like video game characters and somewhat, to some, some extent. Like they just felt so, like they were so. Like at one point, I thought, are these supposed to be aliens or something? A shape-shifting sort of characters because they like they push the limits of like the sort of visual design of them. They look they look almost unhuman in some in some places. Like it's just yeah, like uh, but I loved the the visuals of them. Like they were just 
these sort of hulking, square, like super broad, uh, shouldered uh, characters, and it was it was brilliant. But yeah, obviously, someone had watched that and said, "Let's take, let's put Kingpin through the, to the extreme version of that." Um, but yeah. Re- so who is your favorite that, character? Outside of it, uh, the dog was Pretty my favorite character. Guy. I think like there's so in a, especially animated films, and I would probably say that I've seen not like a lot, but I've seen you know a fair few of animated films, and I've seen a, a fair few different versions of like animals being represented in um, animated stuff. This is the most realistic version of a dog that I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie ever. Like genuinely like my, in terms like, of like the character of the dog. You mean, yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. And just letting it like be so not because dogs are like that's like that dogs are like that. They sit around, they sleep all day, like they bark at the weirdest stuff, like they moan at everything and like <laughs> it it's crazy because I was like, this this is insane like this is cool. Like it was the one thing in the film where I was like they like they nailed that dog and the dream I like sequences. Need, I thought like they needed that dog though. Like they needed <laughs> yeah. that dog. Like if that that dog, it would have been even more bleak and stuff. It gave it so yeah. much more humor and like and warmth to the film. Absolutely. I feel like the character champion. I don't. I didn't get. I mean, maybe they were trying to go for it. Like they're trying to push the fact that he's not really a, a person. He's just like a. All he does is cycle. That's all he ever does and ever talks about. All oh, that's it. Like, but. I didn't really ever connect with him. I didn't feel bad for him. Like, he was just cycling or whatever. It was so, so grotesque and unnerving. I didn't really bother with him. But obviously, the grandma and the dog were obviously the main two. Even the trip to Bellevue, they were a bit creepy as well, to be honest. At the start, I wasn't really sure what was going on with that. And I was just, like, a bit unnerving and just like, ooh, these guys are freaky. Like, what what's going on here? It took me a while. And as soon as I realised, as soon as I realised, like, Oh, they're performers. There's a bit odd, and they're helping this woman. And it's like, okay, you kind of get into it. And you're like, okay, I like them. But before that, it's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, why are they so weird? I didn't put the the thing at the start with the the three women singing, and then obviously the triplets to Belleville. Like, oh, I didn't, didn't put the right. two together. Like Heather was yeah. the one that was like, oh, didn't you know they were connected? And I was like, oh, right, yeah. makes sense. Uh, didn't get that at all actually until much much I later. I'm really intrigued with the musical but journey they, that they went on from the song at the beginning to the one that they did at the end because it was yeah. pretty much like the song they did at the beginning was like I don't know, 1920s. Um, dance hall whereas the one at the end was yeah. like battles or like <laughs> it, it's like yeah, music like, you know that mu- like yeah music yeah, yeah. like yeah just like math, math weird kind of <laughs> I, I watched it behind the mu- behind the scenes for this film uh on today and they actually did use like, a, like an actual hoover to make some of the sounds and stuff like there was like a yeah like a henry hoover type thing and the, you know the nozzle out of it. He had his hand over the nozzle, and he was like lifting it up and down, or whatever the guy who was recording the music for it to like make these weird like screeching sounds and stuff. It's like it's quite cool the way they've done that. Um, so, was there anything you didn't like? Uh, I think just in general, it was hard to like the film. Like it didn't make it easy to like. It was sort of like a bit of a battle from the start, especially because I didn't know what what I was going to. Um, I was sort of just bamboozled all the way through and then like as it went on the more I watched it and the more I kind of understood what it was I sort of enjoyed it more um, I think just probably the grotesqueness of it was a bit bit 
on just a bit too much for me in some mm. parts. Um, but I don't think it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to like it. I don't think it's supposed to make you feel a bit. Yeah, I think it kind of looks at people's like inner, yeah, selfishnesses in some ways, and it sort of portrays them on the outside. Aaron, anything that you didn't get on with? It's such a Johnny pick. I'm sorry. It's such oh, a, yeah, it is. Such it is so a Johnny, Johnny yeah, pick right. to pick this film. Like you've got the Illusionist, which I've is been, like I've seen them both, and I prefer this over the Illusionist. That's insane to me that you have seen. The Illusionist doesn't use any dialogue, and it's like this perfect film almost. And then you've got this, which is very like jarring, uncomfortable. Like, I think when I watched that first, like, the first, you know, the intro film, intro uh, sort of TV program, this is, like, really bit that it's kind of, well, it's not kind of, it is just, like, racist, and I was like, oh, this is not fun for anyone. Yeah, I I, I was a bit, like, with that bit, I was thinking they must, like, this obviously must be, like, okay, they're trying to show it's an old, outdated thing, but it was a bit, like, it was part of it, I was like... I was a bit confused. Yeah, by it's it. based off a real person. She, she, she was a uh, who was an American, um, American dancer, Amer- French American. She French was American born in America, dancer. moved to Exotic France, dancer. fought as a French resistance in World War Two, and eventually became. Well, she was asked when Martin Luther King died to lead the uh, civil rights movement in America. So she's called Josephine Baker, yeah. but that was one of the dances that she used to do as an entertainer. So right. it is in keeping yeah. with the time and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, like, it makes I, sense. Uh, but it was uncomfortable to watch, I think. Yeah, that, that, like I mean. that's that's the that's the thing. So, like immediately, I saw that and I was like, "Oh, do I keep watching this film? Because that is, that has made me very very uncomfortable." But then, and I, then think I went that's, and maybe researched that's the it. Point of it, I guess. I wonder if that's the point, like to, to sort of throw you off right at the start. It's like it's hard for me to comment on it because I'm like a, a white dude, right? But all I know is because Heather and I like spoke about it. Um, and we were just sort of like, all I know is it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, that's the thing that I want to take away from this is that yeah. I, well, yeah. I, it's 2020. I feel uncomfortable watching that scene. Um, and I don't really have much say on whether I, you know, what's right or wrong about yeah. it. I just know I, that I'm I, uncomfortable I, by it. I felt but, uncomfortable, but I wasn't sure what they were trying to do. And it's not something I've looked into. So I'm, I'm, I've got a feeling there must be some there must be some meaning behind it which I'm uh, you know um, I should probably look into there it, is. And it I'm doing a podcast about it so maybe I should look into it <laughs> no but, um, no it, it's no no. You, but, but yeah but yeah, I don't want to concentrate just on that one part of it because it was right at the start yeah but it was a bit I was just a bit like they must be going for something here because why would they include this it must be obviously trying to tells it was trying to place you know, the time and period of which the triplets were yeah. around originally and it's yeah. it's making a mockery. It's like a joke. He was trying to make yeah. a joke of of. He makes a joke of like French culture, American culture. Like he he's trying to the whole way through. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like I read about it. I was like, okay, I need to like think about this and like look into it before I make like a comment on it. Uh, I was just like, I need to you know decide what to say because I was like, I don't want to be like, oh, the film was racist because it it didn't. It was just that one. Mo- it was just one moment in the film where I was like, oh, that is uncomfortable. But it's like straight away as well. Isn't yeah, it? it's like it's just like it's kind of like brave in a way, like just to like if they really thought that 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 was good, they want to make a point of it, just like let's just do it straight away, which is like crazy. Like I, I can't think of a film 
usually films sort of ease you in or something first and it's just like nope we're just gonna make you feel uncomfortable straight away off the bat um yeah but I, mean, like, I mean yeah Johnny's quite did, French is this, you've watched this before uh, you? yeah I've watched it um, watched it quite a few years ago they gave this free away Are with you? the Telegraph like back <laughs> yeah. in like I, th- I don't know it must have been like 2007 2008 so so like obviously you said you prefer this over the losers yeah. and stuff like what sort of stuff I think this? yeah like what what makes you really like enjoy it like obviously yeah. I, I liked parts of it but I not I wouldn't necessarily say I loved it or anything but like obviously it's connected with you and is it because you've sort of you've dipped your toe into this stuff before so you sort of knew what to expect going in so you sort of could appreciate what it was doing because you had like a context in general I don't really like western animation that much there's not that many films that I would choose to to go and watch and this one is doing something a bit more adult Um, it's not trying to like push an agenda of feelings or trying to educate children to be better people it's just a fun kind of caper about uh, a, gra- a grandmother trying to save her son from some mafia in France, and it's all a bit odd and random and um, caricaturish, and it's just quite unique as well. Like the Pixar stuff, just seems like there's been too many boardrooms of people who have decided over oh, yeah, decided over everything. Whereas this like, is like one yeah. man's mm. kind of idea and creation, and you know it's yeah. pretty rough around the edges, but. I don't know. It's 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 a film that I've watched and it's always sort of stuck in my mind. Well, there's a, there's a reason why Pixar sells millions and millions of, or makes millions and millions of dollars in revenue, and this, I imagine, was big to a very small crowd of people. Like this is like, yeah, this is like something you go into an art gallery and you know it's like a very very yeah. It um, turned a profit. Um, well, yeah, I mean that that. That's fair enough, but it's, it, it, its intention wasn't to be make money, was it? Obviously, no. Like, it's not like that's, that's not the main intention. It's to, it, it, it's this guy's vision. Again, it was really well received though when it first came out. Like people, well, even now, people like still they they, they 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 write articles about it because I was like if, to research this film. It was quite easy to do because so many people are sort of talked about it in, in such high regard as well like it's like there's a reddit thread at the moment still where people still vibe off like how how much they love it um which is crazy and yeah. um, what what i would say is you know one of my favorite films last year was a film called i lost my body um and that was a french animation film it's not for kids it's just an animated film i talked about it last year and if you liked like if you liked um this and you like the illusionist, you should go because it 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 de- definitely takes like a like it's definitely massively influenced by it. Um, I can't see I lost my body being made without uh, triplets. Genuinely, mm-hmm. um, so if you like that, go. And like when I said like that bit made me uncomfortable. I didn't hate this film. I definitely didn't hate this film. Like at the end sequence, you know where they're like riding through on the on the little like sort of thing contraption yeah like it was great like it was top like it has these like class moments of like sure sheer imagination like it it so pushes the boat out in terms of like what you're going for and where you start at the beginning of the film and where you are at the end are like two completely different places um do we know what the film is for next time 
Okay, um, what are you gonna pick? Right. I had two. Pi- I had two films. I was living in an hour. I've just been talking to the guys about it now, and another one just popped into my head. That I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for the original Jungle Jungle Book. Oh, King of because Swing. I mean, originally I was gonna go for someone else, but it popped into my head, and I remember just how much I love that that film, and um, I watched the remake of it, obviously. A few years ago, and I hated it, and uh, because just because it wasn't the original, and I think the original has a lot to offer, and uh, it's just a classic, and I think it would be quite fun to watch it with you guys. Um, yeah, good because then we can talk about like the weird remix that they've done because Mulan. I watched Mulan. Yeah, Mulan as well. I forgot to talk about that, but it just um, felt also a bit odd that we wouldn't talk about any Disney films. So I feel like. <laughs> How do you know, though? Like, I'm telling you now, uh, Johnny and I have had a conversation. He's doing Toy Story and I'm doing Toy Story too. Like, you don't know. Like, <laughs> We've been texting each other. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, it's too many films to pick. I guess we can do honorable mentions in the, in the last episode. I think we, we should. And I think that... Because there's a few that I really would like to just mention, a few of them that I really uh, like. But. And I bet you our listeners have, like, probably got some that, some that they want to, like, talk about or maybe we've missed. Yeah. So... This has yeah. been a long episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, please email us at podcast at moviequest.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at the moviequest. Or if you know us personally, uh, please just send us a text um, or a WhatsApp. And uh, we're particularly interested if you've got any thoughts for films that you think should be included in our Western animation series and if you've got any reviews or films you'd like to put forward please send them over and we'll try and read out any reviews in a later episode so thank you for listening and we'll catch you again next week bye ciao see you later